This is the Gary V Audio Experience. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is a long anticipated episode. Uh, something that, you know, I'm sure everybody, all the earners all across the world are extremely excited about. Somebody's asking for for the inception of Earn Your Leisure. And as we've gotten bigger, the guests has just gotten the bigger. The names as well. have gotten bigger, that's true. Yeah, so, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think, I think you did a good job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Better known as Gary V. Serial Cer- entrepreneur, um, chairman of his own communications we got, company. We got a new word for him. We got a new word for him. What's that? Operating entrepreneur. There you have it. Yeah, it is. CEO, CEO, of, <laughs> CEO of VaynerMedia, ad agency, um, social media trailblazer. Absolutely. Uh, angel investor, cultural icon. I can keep going on and on. But uh, It's a big list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, Gary, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Man, I really appreciate your time and uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. So let's jump right into it. Uh, our show is a little different because, you know, we break down the business models. We break down entrepreneur success. So like when we had Mark Cuban on, shout out to Mark, and we asked him about his deal that he did when he sold it and then he, you know, hedged the stock and he gave a great explanation. So a lot of people might or they may or they may not know your story. They, they heard the story about you started in the wine business, your family's wine business, right? In, in the late 90s and turned it from three million operation to, I believe, a 60 million dollar operation. And you did it. It was early in it. We call it digital real estate mm-hmm. um, and uh, first wine e-commerce platform. So can you talk about that, how you had the foresight and how you actually transitioned that and how you was early on to the e-commerce phase? Timing's incredible about this. I just literally, literally got off the phone with my six best buds from college Shout out to 301 The Spot, Ms. Iraq, <laughs> Justin L.A., Moose, Tokyo Joe, and Glenn. Um, it was there in Mount Ida College in Newton, Mass. in 1995 when Pete from Maine, and we had nicknames for everybody, Pete from Maine said, come and check this out. And I heard, coo for the first time. Dial up. And I said, the fuck is this? And he's like, this is the World Wide Web. And I was like, I heard about that shit. <laughs> and I, I wa- this is how, cr- for the kids that are listening, this is how crazy the internet was in 94, 95. I waited my turn to get on the computer to go on AOL. It was so crazy, this thing, like being on the internet and seeing people in chat rooms that I watched it as a spectator while my man was on the keyboard. And I finally, like an hour later, sat down and clicked a couple buttons and found myself on a baseball card bulletin board in AOL. And about seven minutes into my internet life, which was this, I said, this is going to change my life. Straight up, just like that, like straight out of fucking movie. And, and that started the conversation in my head, which led to six months later saying to my dad, dad, we need a website for the liquor store. Mm. we didn't have a computer. My dad didn't take credit cards. Like he was old school. I was born in the Soviet Union. He's like cash only, doesn't trust people, like wouldn't take checks, doesn't believe in anybody. Like, you know, like all that stuff. Like, and, and I got him there. I just completely knew the same, you know, it's funny. The one skill I really have is my intuition about things and people is heavy. Like it's just really my biggest thing. So like literally looking at the internet or looking at the investments I made, Facebook, Twitter, Coinbase, or 
the fact that I bought Bitcoin in 2014 is no different than me thinking that Gunna or DaBaby were going to be good <laughs> or that, that, that I thought Alvin Kamara was going to be a good player when we started Vayner Sports, even though he was the backup running back at Tennessee. There's something in me that understands people and understands what people are going to do. And that's been my whole life. Like if I was an A&R guy, I would dominate. If I was a scientist, like looking at spiders for 20 years in the woods, I would figure it out. Like that's my thing. And so that's what happened with the internet. That's how it started. And I, you know, my mission in my twenties, you know, I was came to this country with nothing. I was born in Russia, lived in a studio in Queens with like eight family members. Like I grew up rugged. Like my mom was frugal and wasn't about, didn't have money. So I was like, if I wanted Nintendo, if I wanted stuff, I had to buy it as a kid. So I'd always fight for money and business. And my number one goal was to help my parents liquor store business. Like I gave up my twenties, all of my twenties, man. When kids talk to me about like, Oh, duh, I'm like, I gave up all my twenties to build a business for my parents. I left with zero ownership of that business. And I blew that business up from three to 60 million. And you know, sometimes people try to rag on me like, Oh, you got handed shit. I'm like, you, you think that's what happened. Let me mm -hmm. tell you the truth. I took a business from three to 60 million, never got paid shit. Cause in the family business, you put it all back into business. So it's one thing if you make money for somebody else in a corporation, but at least you get paid a million dollars a year. I was getting paid 50, 60, 70,000 a year building a big ass business and at 34 years old left and had to start my company in somebody else's conference room, VaynerMedia in Buddy Media's conference room. Cause I didn't have the money to pay rent. So this is, this is pre social media. So what's, strategies are you using to build a company from three to 60, right? Cause this, I mean, internet is just email, becoming a thing. Yep. Back then it was email and Google AdWords that really took me off. Right. And banner ads, people used to click banner ads, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I would buy a banner ad for $500 a month on a website like wine doc, like a wine spectator.com. And people click that shit. You know, back then everyone was curious about everything. Like banners were like, oh, cool. It was kind of like cool. You're like, oh shit, it takes me somewhere else. Like, it, you know, you know, again, I'm talking like it's a hundred years ago. It's only yeah. 25 years ago, but it's like 10, it's like a it's a lifetime ago. It's, there it's was crazy. no cell phones, it was crazy. There was no laptops. Like you had to sit at a fucking desk to be on the internet. This feels like a a, a scene in the Wreck It Ralph movie <laughs> where he's just present. <laughs> but so banner ads being, you know. A little early social called forums. Remember bulletin boards and message yeah, boards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was part. I was part of those. All the wine boards. They're like, why do you know so much? Oh, I, I, I own or my family owns or my dad and I run this place called Wine Library. Check it out, winelibrary.com. Two clicks, five clicks, like real like bricklaying, you know. And then and then I figured out email in '97. I was like, okay, this is gonna be big. And so I just started asking every customer that came into the liquor store, you got an email? And this again, back to the old days, 25 years ago, people were like, yeah, I got an email. It's AOL at yahoo.com. <laughs> you know, like it was, it, but it was crazy. Luckily the store was in Jersey where a lot of people worked in Wall Street and the Wall Street cats had email pretty early. And so, you know, started getting that Wall Street clientele and that, sh and that really started changing our business. But catalogs, I did catalogs, direct mail, newspaper, full page ads in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and Star Ledger in Jersey, big shout out when I was, you know, when I, when I made a couple bucks and was able to put them on, you know, it was all, 
family immigrant businesses are, you don't take money out to buy shit. You put it back in the business, back in the business, back in the business. So one of the reasons I never really amassed a lot of money during that time was my dad wasn't paying me or him any real money. Every dollar was back into advertising, back into more employees, back, back, back. And so we were feeding. One of the reasons I tell a lot of entrepreneurs now, like feed your business. Mm. You know, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur to take it out and buy a fucking Roly and right and buy a bet and like and buy like some and I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't flex yet. You just started. Put it back in, back in. Your watch will be more expensive. Your trip will be nicer. Your flying accommodations will be better. But you gotta feed your business for a minute. Yeah, stay down till you come up. So you you talked about um how you left the company and left with zero. So you left with, hey, why did you leave? So it's a family business. You grew it. It's $60 million. It's, you know, going nicely. 10x the whole situation or 20x the whole situation. So why did, why did you leave? And On was- some real shit? Three, three main reasons. Resentment. My brother's 11 years younger than me. And I love my pops. Let me break them down for you. Because mm-hmm. you guys go deep here. I'm going to give it to you. Shit uh, that I don't usually talk about. Yeah. You work 15 hours a day, including Saturdays, because you're in the retail business, from 22 to 32 years old. No fun, no trips. Work 15 hours a day. Real shit now. Not like fucking like propaganda where people acting like they're working. In the store, 8 a.m. Leave the store, 10 p.m. In the store, 7 a.m. Leave the store, 11 p.m. For fucking 10 years, and you take it from 3.8 million to 60 and you have no real, real, real money like that, and now you're married, and you've got a little bit of that, right? You start being fucked up a little. Yeah, yeah. Got it? I'm just talking yeah, real yeah, with you. Yeah, that's real, that's real. I was like, yo, I was a kid, I, you know, now listen, the reason I wasn't really fucked up and it was okay was I wanted that. I wanted to pay my parents back. I knew I was fucking great. I knew it. I knew what, what's going on with me right now, and on some record, on the record shit, I haven't even started. <laughs> no, I'm real. I'm being really honest with you That's guys. All. <laughs> like you're gonna look, you're gonna look at this video, and in 13 years, you're gonna be like, "Damn, he really wasn't even like in the same universe." Like I mean it. I really feel like I'm just starting. I'm patient. I know life is long. I have wisdom. I hung out with old old grandparents all the time as a kid, and I never understood why. Now I understand. I'm an old soul. I was patient. I knew I could give up my 20s for my parents. Feel good about that. Feel like I really put them on because they put me on. Be like, you know, settle that, settle that bet. You know what I mean? <laughs> even, now we and even. Now we good. Now we even. Really, I was a little bit yeah. like that. I needed it for me, but I really love my parents on some real shit. They're the best. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get mine regardless. Let me really do something here. But now after a decade, I started getting into that little place of like, mm. number two, my brother's 11 years younger than me. Mm. My parents were 20 when they had me. Like that old Russia shit, you know? Like, so... <laughs> so so my brother was coming up and he didn't want to work with my dad. My dad's a tough, like my, my dad's a different kind of personality, old school. And he didn't want to be about that. And so I wanted to jam with him. We, you know, I've been teaching him entrepreneurship since he was a kid, eBay, garage sales, all that shit that people know about me. So I really wanted to jam with him. So we kind of decided somewhere around his senior high school, freshman year of college, like we're going to do this. So that was in the back of my mind. And, you know, I left when he graduated. He graduated in May of, of 2009 and I left, started VaynerMedia. But I was doing both. I was doing Wine Library and VaynerMedia from 2009 to 2011. And then number three, I love my dad. Let me explain. My dad was 
one of the guys, he was one of the 10, 15 guys in the liquor business in Jersey. He had one of the good stores doing 4 million in a liquor store in the 80s. That's real money. You know, it's a different day, different age. There was no major players. Liquor business is fragmented. You don't have Walmarts and shit like that. So he was a guy. He was one of the guys. He was one of the people that could throw around some clout. He was one of the bigger buyers. And he loved it. He loved it. I came along and took that shit to the fucking moon. So I became the guy. Mm. Mm. And so now all of a sudden, the, you see where I'm going right yeah, now? The yeah, suppliers, yeah, yeah. all the people. Yeah, all of a sudden, my dad lost his clout. Yeah. And my dad, and I wasn't about sharing it either because I took the wheel and was like, no, nah, one person can drive. So like go in the passenger seat. I love you, dad. You're still my dad. And you could always call that once in a blue moon dad card and make me do something I don't want to do. But 98% of the time, I'm driving. And the first year that I did the business, he was renovating and decided to build a new house for him and my mom. He loves construction. So they built a new house. And that first year, we went from four to 10 million. And he kind of looked, and he's like, fuck, <laughs> 23, right? I love you, Gary. And so he was like, I love you, but fuck, I'm not going to mess with this <laughs> next year, 17. And he's like, okay, I got something. And so, but what that did was I was willing to do it for him, but I was going to take the shine. I was going to have the leverage. I was going to be the guy. And, and I loved my dad and we were starting to have conflict. It was pretty cool for the first eight or nine years, little things, but now we were starting to have consistent conflict. I had my resentment up. I'd become real famous in the liquor business, the guy guy, and nobody gave a shit about my dad. And I saw the pain in his eyes and it hurt me because I love my dad mm. and people forgot about his part. He came to America with no language. He came to America with no money. He came to America and took all the risk and went from, and what he did from zero to what he did I know I'm going to the tippy top of all time and I'm still going to always admire what he did from zero to that spot. Right. And I have my own zero story, but it's different. And he's my dad. And so it just felt like the right time. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's that transition. That's, that's, that's an honest answer. So yeah. when you start the media company, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right, so you learn early as far as emails and internet marketing and all of that. So you just transitioned that into. The yeah. Next so I'll give it to you. Yep, 2006, YouTube comes out. And I'm like, this is going to be big. I hit it again. <laughs> why, 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 why did you think YouTube was going to be big? Because I thought the internet was going to take over the world. And here was the first thing I ever saw that did videos proper. Mm. You know? And I was like, this is it. And, and, you know, what's beautiful about being old is you got the receipts. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Type in Wine Library Episode 1, February 21st, 2006, when it was still independent. Google hadn't even bought it. I saw it. The video starts with me saying, I think this is the first wine show on the internet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it. <laughs> I appreciate it. My yeah, guy. So yeah. I saw it. I did it. And I was right. And then YouTube sells for 1.7 1. 7 billion in, in 2007. And to help everybody here, that'd be like TikTok selling for a trillion to Facebook right now. The number was crazy back then. 1.7 was like... <laughs> Like you didn't even think about shit like that. Right. And so that happened. And that's when my career really took off. I said, wait a minute. I was right about com. I was right about email. I was right about Google AdWords. I was right about, you know, blogging, even though I didn't do it. I was right about this YouTube thing. Maybe I'm not just a good businessman or liquor store runner or seller. I might be good at like just knowing shit. That's literally the combo I had with myself. And I read an article that YouTube had angel investors. And I was like, what's an angel investor? And I Googled it. 
And I was like, I'm gonna be an angel investor. And then the next year, I went to South by Southwest because I got to put you got to put yourself in it if you're gonna be in it. I went to Silicon Valley a bunch, and within the year of me deciding that two that 150 I don't remember 80 to 150k I saved because I was living in a bullshit apartment, never going out. So even though I was making 50, I was saving 4,000 a year, making 60, saving 8,000 a year. You see what I'm saying? So when I tell kids with my content, like, be humble, I live it. I don't give advice that I fucking read in a book. I don't get advice that I didn't live. So because I was living humble and not buying dumb shit, even though I wasn't making much, I had a little something. And now I saw this opportunity and the first three companies I invested in were Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. And it changed my life. So the angel conversation is extremely interesting because a lot of people might not know you're angel investors. So that's a that's a perfect three companies to invest in. So angel <laughs> investing VC rip. world is like, you know, people have been around for decades that do that with billions of dollars. So you come even with a, a couple of hundred thousand, that's not really real money in the it VC. It was different then though. Like I invested in Tumblr's B round at $14 million valuation. A B round now is like 400 million. It was mm -hmm. a different world when I did it. Nobody, there was nobody coming at these kids like that back then. Nobody believed in the internet like this. Like I was able to talk to Mark Zuckerberg, to Ed Williams, to David Carp. Like I was talking to the person. It just wasn't that shine like it was. It was like hip hop 85 versus hip hop today. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. Basketball. So, so for the, what, what round did you get in in Facebook? So Facebook, I bought from Mark's parents <laughs> wow. two years before the IPO because I became friendly with the Facebook crew and Randy and Mark, because Randy, his sister, worked at the company. I'd flown out to speak to the company. I would hang with them at conferences. So one day I just got a call from Randy saying, you know, my parents want to sell some of the Facebook stock before the IPO because they want to move to California and build a house and be near us. Would you like something? She didn't start... She didn't finish saying my parents and I already <laughs> wired the money because I knew Facebook was going to win. And then Tumblr was one of the big companies out of New York because shit wasn't happening in New York. So Tumblr was out of New York and I noticed junior high kids were on Tumblr in 2008, 2007. And I was like, wait, that might be next because all the youngsters are on it. And so I got on there and then Yahoo bought Tumblr for a billion. Follow the youth. So, so as far as like the angel investing, you're talking about the rounds. Can you, can you explain that a little bit? Because people hear about rounds, seed round, fund round, A round, B round, C round, but they might not actually know what that actually means. And just team, you know, a lot of people use different terminology for the same shit, but like, you know, the angel round is the initial money in. Then usually the, the first time a company takes money, the angel, the seed investment or the angel, right? High risk. Like most of my angel investments went to zero, but high reward. You come in early on something, it can get real crazy. <laughs> you know, I angeled a company called BarkBox that's about to go public. That's going to get interesting for me. You know, <laughs> when you angel, you can get crazy. Um, so then there's the A. Then it just goes in. Then it goes in very simple order for everybody. The A route. It's kind of the first real money. You know. 5 million bucks, 3 million bucks. Then the B round, 10, 20 million bucks. Then the C round, that's, you know, when I said 10, 20, that's how much they took in. So they got a $100 million valuation and they took in $20 million. And now that person that invested is in for only 15% of the company because that nature, because it's 120 post-trade for 20. So 
that's how it goes. Angel A, B, C, D. And usually by after D, you're looking at going public or selling. So like a couple questions in regards to that. For entrepreneurs, how, how should they prepare themselves to approach an angel investor? Like what should they already have in place? Because from my understanding, a company has to have a certain amount of revenue like already in place before they can actually get venture capital or angel money. Is that true or? No, angel money you can get when you have nothing, an idea. Now that comes with privilege, mm. right? Let's be very honest here. And I'm not even talking white privilege. I'm talking rich privilege. I know unlimited black, Asian, trans, you know, if you're running in money circles, you got a shot <laughs> to get money on an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons I stopped investing and I don't invest that much. Most of my money right now is going to sports cards. We can get into that before we get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it's crazy now. Like you can get, you can basically say, I'm going to build this, make a deck, go to people and they give you money based on a $4 million, $5 million, $6 million, $7 million valuation. But, but it's a very small group of people that have access to that capital, right? And they usually run from high universities, Stanford, Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. Or they run in very rich circles. Your mom and dad have wealth and you know their friend's happy to write you a $250,000 check at that valuation and you use that to get another person. So, you know, you don't need to be making money. And ironically, in technology, it's almost better that you're not. People like to invest more in the idea. Once you start making money, they have something to judge you on. It's a crazy system. And I'm not a, I, that, that concerns me, and which is why I've been hesitant to go hard in an early stage. I like it a little bit later where people prove it a little now. No reason to take that risk. So I'm aware of an A and B guy if I really get excited. So when you when you actually are, are going to go after a company or decide to invest it, is is that why you created VaynerX or is that something different, right? Because that became a holding company at a certain, a certain point, right? VaynerX is different. I did have a so I did angel investing I did real well. Then I got hooked up with Steve Ross, the owner of Miami Dolphins, and he bought a piece of VaynerMedia, at, which was the first company, VaynerMedia, mm-hmm. which later became VaynerX when I started adding companies. So I needed a holding company for the companies. Okay. I'll get to that in a minute. When, when Steve Ross invested in Vayner, bought a piece, excuse me, of VaynerMedia, he also put up the money for a fund and I deployed $25 million out of a fund as a, like a fund, right? So mm-hmm. for everyone listening, cause we're doing some real good educating here. That means that I got, I normally you get paid 2% of the number to manage it. But, but because I didn't take that from him because he already bought a piece of my company and we're kind of being homies but I got 20% of the back end, right? So 20% of all the earnings. So the 25 goes and I get 20% of anything that happens, right? Of, of, you know, so I don't put up the money, I make the decisions, but that gives me 20 cents on a dollar, he gets 80 cents. And with that company, I made a lot of smart investments. I started a company with that money called Resi, R-E-S-Y. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's into restaurants, the Resi app, that was me. We sold that company for nine figures to Amex. Mm-hmm. 18 months ago, I invested in Snapchat, Pinterest, Coinbase. So we did real well. So, so you talked about the holding, the holding companies. Why is that? Why, why is that important? That's important because I had VaynerMedia, one company, and then I wanted to buy a new company called PureWow. PureWow is a women's lifestyle brand. 
dot com publisher, similar to Refinery Twenty One Nine or Bustle. You know, I just stood up a men's brand called One Thirty Seven PM that everybody should check out. That's more like complex advice. So when I bought that company, I didn't want to put it into Vayner Media because it was a different kind of company, different taxes, different all that. So I created a holding company called Vayner X. One side of it was Vayner Media. Another side was what we called Gallery Media Group, which held Pure Wow in it. Then we started One Thirty Seven PM. And then I started going ham. I started a new company called <laughs> Sasha Group after my dad, Sasha, to be Vayner Media for small businesses. Then I started a speaking bureau, Vayner Speakers. Then I started a company for e-commerce, Vayner Commerce. You know, I just started going now, and so I've got a series of businesses now. We just set up a new company called Vayner Talent, where we help people build their personal brand, and we represent and manage some people. So now I got my holding co and the way you do that, the reason I sit at the top of the holding co, I'm the active CEO of VaynerMedia, but I got people running the other companies and you create incentive plans for them at their level. It all ladders up to the big level and that's where I'm at. Earners is 2021, the year of execution. In order to execute, we have to have information. And the number one place to get the information, EYL University. Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University has been reloaded. We already have 100 past webinars. We already have weekly webinars. We already have our private investment group on Facebook. We already have monthly financial planning calls. We already have bi-weekly real estate calls. But what has been added to EYL University this year is access to MG the Mortgage Guys Home Buyers Blueprint, which walks you through the home buying process from A to Z. And what also has been added, breaking news alert, yeah, everybody always news. asks to be in our group How chat. How do I get in there? How and I when this? we talk about all the investment plays that we are making, we are going to have investment calls, group chat calls with me, Troy, and the whole team and walk you through our plays that we're making and give you insight into our portfolios. All of that for 75% off. That's right. We are doing a blowout sale, 75% off for a limited time only. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up. See you on the other side. There you have it. Um, so as far as one last question about the angel, what do you look for? Because you, you obviously had a bunch of success, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Uber, Snap, Venmo, to name a few. So it's not luck. So you obviously have an eye for talent, more so than, I mean, a gut feeling, yeah, but do you have anything that you, like a checklist where you, you look for? 100%, two things. My conviction of what's going on in life and then the person. So I call it the jockey and the horse. I gotta pick the horse. Let me give you one right now for everybody. I'm gonna make some people some money today. NFT. NFT is, stands for non-fungible tokens. Crypto art, right? So on top of Ethereum. Had a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. So this is coming. I believe in it. There's gonna be a lot of money lost. So don't go crazy, everyone who's listening. Yeah, yeah. Spend 100 hours. Let me say it slowly so it sinks in everyone's head. 100 hours. 100 hours of education. Then maybe you go buy a piece of crypto art. But I now believe in NFT. I really believe in it. Now I gotta go find people that I believe in that can ride that horse. So I make a decision on the horse, but then I gotta believe in the jockey. I lost a lot of money my first round, 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, because I was right about the concept, but I was wrong about the person's stomach who was running it. Mm. She or he couldn't take a punch. You understand? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for now. Who can take a punch? That's what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship is UFC. 
Entrepreneurship is boxing. Who can take a punch? So I'm right about a lot of stuff to your point. I've got a great career on that. But I've, now what I'm spending more time on is, can she do it? Is he about that life? And, and, and I'm trying to spend more time on that. And I think I've done better lately. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I've watched the videos, man. And like you said, there are receipts. So creating and finding global trends is your thing. I watched it when you said that Facebook is going to be sold to IG in 2011. I saw when you IG said- sold to, I mean, IG sold to Facebook. Facebook sold to, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the Joe Rogan to Spotify. And so is NFT the next thing or is there something? Yo, that was crazy. Is there, is there something good else? NFT is going to happen. Uh, something else. I'm about audio. I would talk about that a lot. Now you see Clubhouse. I'm getting a lot of love again because of Clubhouse. I was about audio. I was kept yelling audio, audio, audio. Um, premium sports cards. <laughs> LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. <laughs> you know, um, NFT. NFT I feel really solidified on. That's great. We just who who had that conversation? We had it. We had uh, the so somebody texted us. One of our Patreon members texted us about text me about the digital art in that that space, and then we had it with Nineteen Keys. Oh yeah, he said the same Keys. thing. Yeah, he was explaining. We was in Miami. We sat down with a good friend of ours, and he he was explaining us to us about crypto and digital art. And I didn't really understand it. And he took like a half an you know, hour, and he was like, so "If you simple. if you have like a art showing, and and it's like that the the artist like leases out the image for just that in the showing. virtual world. Yeah, 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 it was a whole thing." And that's the first time, I, and it's crazy that you mentioned that because that's the first time I ever heard of it last week and now you, you're bringing it up again. Let me bring up something else that's going to make it work. The other thing I was going to answer you on in combination with crypto art, like call it an NFT, non-fungible tokens, so like digital art, crypto art, is VR. Mm -hmm. So look, we're basically in VR now. Think about what, everybody take a step back. I'm going to make it real common sense. How much time are you in your phone? Think about how many minutes a day you're looking at your phone. There could be a rhinoceros behind you. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the jump step to Oculus, right? AKA, I'm predicting in 10, 15 years, you're not going to need some big ass thing on your eyes. You're going to be contact lensed and in. Mm -hmm. If we live in a virtual world six hours a day, which I predict will happen to everybody who's listening here. Now, I think that's 10, 15, 20, but I'm patient. If, if we live virtually, you have to understand why blockchain, crypto, NFTs matter, because you can prove that you own it. It's on the blockchain, it's on, on the, the ledger. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're the only one with it. Now imagine if you're the only one in it, if you imagine blockchain integration to VR and somebody's coming to your pad and you're, you're like living it, like it's going to feel like we're living. Yeah. And the same reason people flex art, you see where this is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Can, can we can we go back to, to the, the collectible cards? Because I know that, I mean, that's your origin. So this must feel like surreal, like, yo, this is coming back. The uh, biggest reason, the biggest reason so many of my friends, my brother, my best friends didn't believe me three years ago is I think they thought I was thinking with my heart. Mm. Got it? Cause, yeah, because I mean that was that was the beginning. When story. I was like, when I was like, why is nobody believing me three years ago? When I was like, yo, I got receipts now. Listen to me. And I was like, oh shit, the people that believe in me the most, that love me the most, that know me the most, they think I'm in love. 
right? Because you're right. It is my first love. That's like yeah. cards is in 1987 to 1993. That's when I became Gary V. Like what I am built on today is those six years of doing sports card shows, being with grown ass men and winning. Mm. So as a child. Yeah, I, I remember that. I'm, I'm going to let you go. But I remember being that kid from like 91. I was collecting baseball cards and basketball cards and Marvel cards. And I was like, I got to save these. I think the, the most valuable one I could think we had was a uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. And I'm like, I'm holding this forever. That was I'm like, he's gonna, I still have it. It's like worth like, I think it's mint nine or something like that. It might be worth like six, seven hundred dollars. But I'm like, I'm keeping this forever. So what's the deal with this new virtual wave that you're speaking of? With the, I'm not familiar with, with this whole situation. So what's what is this? Virtual cards? No, like the trading cards, like baseball cards. I know, but like it is like a new age of that. Like, well, is it just like the well, there is something. There is two things brewing. There's NBA Top Shot. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. They're like the that's, holograms. That's, that's well, they're like highlights. Highlights. Yeah. On the blockchain. So that's we're talking a little bit now of NFT. The shit we were talking about earlier. NBA Top Shop's huge. And there's a soccer one, proper football coach, so rare, built on top of Ethereum, mm. okay? And that's a word people are starting to hear now, right? Because that's different than Bitcoin, but the other thing that has heat because it's a platform that people build on top of, like, so rare. So, um, yeah, there's a little bit of that brewing. But, yeah, the sports card thing three years ago, I saw it. I'm like, this is next. This is next. And, you know, again, like I said earlier, Charlie D'Amelio, sports cards, Uber, Gunna, Lil' Keed, <laughs> you know, Snapchat. Like, it's all the same game for me. What do I see that nobody else sees as easily as I see it? Am I tricking my... I always ask myself, am I tricking myself? So I double check, I triple check, I quadruple check. And the receipts are there. The YouTube videos of me and Charlie D'Amelio before she went, there. The, the videos of me and Keed and Gunna, there. They're there. So... You your social media acumen is highly respected. One of the best to ever do in social media. So talking about the next phase, where we at next, obviously Clubhouse, TikTok. How do you feel? Like, do you feel, because I think Facebook just announced something that they're going to do something similar to what yes. um, Clubhouse has going Twitter on. Twitter too. Is it, is it here to stay or is it the next Vine? It's, it's Snapchat. Let me explain. Clubhouse is Snapchat. Snapchat's still here. Remember when it's like, I remember when it's like, it's dead. I'm like, it's not dead. It got dented. Instagram gave it a punch. You know, it took a L. It, it, it might have lost. It might have. It definitely fell down. It got knocked down. <laughs> standing eight. Standing eight. <laughs> yeah, at least it's standing eight. And probably lost that fight for a minute. But it's come back to, you know, the rematch always matters, right? And yeah. Snap is doing quite well. They're building a really nice company. But Instagram took off even more because of it. So stories became a format, not just an app. Got it? Yeah. So now you have Snap doing well, but every platform, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram has stories. I think the same thing's going to happen with Clubhouse. Clubhouse is going to continue to innovate and do its thing, but I believe that every single platform, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, are all going to have Clubhouse-like dynamics in it. And it's going to be a feature in the biggest platforms in the world. So, so can a clubhouse survive? Because we saw this with Vine when they had the eight second clip and then Instagram no, guys, came and took it. No, that's just, not, you know, that's where people get their history wrong. Vine won. Mm. Let me explain. Vine sold their company to Twitter. Vine died because the guys left. Vine didn't have to die. Vine took the bag. 
It's a win. No, Snap, look, of course it can. Look at Snap. Snap's just fine. At all-time highs on its stock. Yeah, the stock, I was just about to say, yeah, the, stock, the, stock, the stock, stock is going well. Yeah. So yes, man, of course Clubhouse can. Now, Snap was probably further along when that feature happened on Instagram. So what Clubhouse has to worry about is if all these companies come at them from all different directions, can they continue to grow or will people do what happened? You know, I'm sure you remember this when Instagram did that thing. Everyone's like, oh, good. I don't have to be on Snapchat because they're insecure because they only had a thousand followers. They didn't add a million over here. Like everyone's on their insecure shit. But I was staying on both <laughs> because attention is attention. So what you know, right now people are insecure. They are not even in Clubhouse. They don't have an invite. So when Twitter pops it up or Instagram pops it up, they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't have to yeah, go yeah. there. I'm not behind. Um, so that's what, in, that's what Clubhouse has to worry about. What about TikTok? Yo, TikTok is a beast. TikTok has, is just on fire. I think people are completely confused what's going on. If you're under 25, it's TikTok, comma, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's not even close. TikTok will be interesting. They're so about their world, their algorithm, finding creativity. If you ask me which platform's most likely not to do audio like that, I would say it's TikTok and Snap. I don't see a shot that LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook and Instagram don't do it. Twitter's already done it. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like for entrepreneurs, you get comfortable with one platform and then another platform comes out and it's like you're spinning in all different directions. So what's your advice for people that may not have a budget to hire, you know, a whole staff. And it's like, they just focus on one thing. They got Instagram figured out. And now they kind of, like you said, they built a nice following on Instagram and they feel like they got to start at zero on TikTok yeah. or zero on clubhouse. Multiple things. One crying about it and could do shit. It's the game. Sorry. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like people had, People had MTV and BT figured out and Napster came along and fucked up their game, right? Yeah. Shit happens. Sorry. If you're an entrepreneur, you're in the business of getting punched in the face. Nobody owes you anything. So that's number one. That's what I tell them. Number two, you don't start at zero. If you got a million followers on Instagram, yeah. you post a little photo, I'm going to be on Clubhouse at 8 p.m. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're not starting at zero. Your audience is moving with you. I got half a million followers already on Clubhouse. I've barely been on it because I've been busy. You know what I mean? You don't start at zero. Your equity travels. Yeah. Can, can we? Can I talk about one of my favorite quotes that you said? It was It's uh, the empty the bucket. And it's true in, in relationships. And it was like, I was living that. I was like, it, it's tough to be in a marriage where you you have something on your mind that you, 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 you fester because after a while, the bucket overflows. But can you talk about the importance of that in business, of emptying the bucket? It's life resentment's a problem. And for me, I can deal with, I can eat shit. I can fill that bucket because I'm big picture. I'm empathetic. But even for me, it tips over. And for my dad, he was the reverse. I always said to my dad, dad, your bucket's the size of this cup. My bucket's the size of the ocean. That's where you and I are different. He would get triggered quick, you know? <laughs> and for me, I would just eat shit, eat shit. It was even my leverage, you know? I would like, but like the reality is candor matters. Now, I like kind candor. If you're going to tell somebody the truth, deliver it with some compassion, not like, yo, you stink. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you got to think that through. But yeah, you have to be careful of resentment. You have to be careful of holding shit in because it's not sustainable. That shit's going to come out either in you doing bad behavior 
right? Alcohol, like people, humans need escape from unhappiness, Mm. you know? And so you got to get shit off your chest. And so I think a lot about that. And I've historically not been great at it. I've been lucky because my bucket's an ocean, but even the ocean overflows at times. And those have not been good events in my life. And I'm trying to stay away from that. And so I'm trying to empty it more often. I'm emptying it. Emptying the bucket means go and have kind candor and talk shit out. Communication heals everything, even the hard talks. And, and, and when you're most upset, you have to be most compassionate to the other side, not the other way around. Because if you come in hot, they're going to react hot. And the next thing you know, you come to blows, whether physically or verbally, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> the ocean becomes a tsunami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, one last before we wrap. Um, underpriced attention. I know you're big on that. Obviously, social media, but for entrepreneurs, is that, is that the only way to get underpriced attention these days? Or are there other hacks that you know business owners entrepreneurs creatives can go about to get their brand out there and their name out the there internet, the internet is underpriced attention or doing like a stunt right like if you like paint a street or something or like you know like you got to do something like shocks the world in real go life viral, go viral go viral but that's hard it's hard hard whereas on the internet linkedin's Organic reaches through the roof. TikTok's organic. You could be nobody, quote unquote, no audience. Make one TikTok, the first one, and go off. How do you not take advantage of that? Right? Clubhouse right now. How do you not go on? If you're trying to build an audience, you should be living on Clubhouse. People just looking for rooms and new people to follow. So, yeah, the internet and social networks especially are the spot. But it's the content you put into it that's contextual. Yeah, it's all about content. Content is cash. Content is king. And it's cash. Content is cash and king. <laughs> Gary, it's been a pleasure, brother. It's, this is, you know what? This is this has been long overdue. Um, two years ago, we ran into you at the K-Swiss booth. Yeah. And we said, look. You remember that? I remember. Are you kidding me? You know how much pressure I've been feeling about this interview? It was, it was documented. Your fan base is harassing me. I feel guilty as shit because I fuck with you guys. And I'm just trying to balance my life out here. I'm busy as shit. And like, and then, you know, like the way life actually works, you end up doing somebody else's thing before like that. I just met last week and I still know in the back of my head, I got these two good looking dudes that I got to do with this with. And so like, I'm fucking happy as shit. We finally did. <laughs> yeah. I put it on Instagram. It was like 10,000 of his word. I'm like, tag him. Yeah. <laughs> we did this man i'm cheering for you guys heavy it's been fun to watch from afar you continue to build bricks over these last two years i cheer for you heavy if i could ever get you somebody you can't get to i'm a i'm a dm away and uh and i hope you have a great 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 2021 no, I, pre- no, I appreciate, appreciate you, that brother and shout out to Charlemagne for um connecting the dots on yeah this yeah shot the god oh, put the final piece in the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like all right no problem get it <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah, just you, you were a man of your word then. Um, and I'm so happy that we got it done. And we're, we're neighbors on the charts, too. So it makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I said, I'm so, you guys are doing real work. I'm really proud of that. That that yeah. little that little humble brag you just put out. It's real. I'm proud of you guys. You're doing real work. It's brick by brick. Listen, I did Wine Library TV for 18 months. Nobody knew who the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. I told you guys earlier in 13 years, 50,000 times more people are going to know who I am. I'm just starting to. We're all on our journey. And yeah. it's the journey. It's the bricks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like I swear to God, you may not believe this. I don't know my numbers. I don't know where I'm in the charts. It just, you know, like I'm just so tunneled back to the horse and the jockey. You know, those horses, they put the blinders on the sides. Like, I don't know where I rank. I don't know where it is. I don't, you know, people trying to goad me into shit all the time. I'm just focused. I'm in my cocoon. I'm in my silence. I'm in my zone. I'm just putting in work in the dirty. I'm not at the Equinox. I'm at a dirty gym 
that smells like shit getting in my reps you know what i mean yeah that's yeah, it that's like that rocky vibe yeah. like 100 cut, cutting we, down trees we begin caught in that like people are like oh you guys are doing so great and we're just like so like looking ahead to what's coming like yo we got to stay focused i tell my friends all the time don't get fancy until it's time to get fancy whoever holds their breath the longest wins Ooh. That's a bar. That's a, that's Bars a bar. out here, baby. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, brother. She, thank you. Thank you. All right, bro. Well, shout out to Gary V, man. Legendary content as always. Good dude right there. Shout out to Charlemagne and shout out to Nicole Russell for for helping out oh, with that absolutely, as well. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, uh, housekeeping items. Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. You know that is our proud to pay program. Our top tier, tier five, you have access to EYL University, the number one school for anything business, finance, and entrepreneurship. Uh, so shout out to all the earners that are part of that and shout out to everybody that's been supporting the merch. And uh, yeah, shout out to everybody that has been patient with the merch as well. I can't, I don't want to ignore that. Um, you have been extremely patient and uh, understanding of the process. And so everybody's going to get their stuff. Uh, don't worry, earners. We got y'all. All right, guys. Thank you for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. Today's highlighted review is He Gives Good Advice by VJX. This is the advice I've always needed. I'm really appreciative of everything Gary's done for us. Thanks for always having such entertaining guests and informative guests. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.